Welcome to Two Agents in the Facts, where University of Georgia's Family Consumer Science agents, Leslie Weaver of Chatham County and Carrie Vandiver of Ware County, host friendly discussions on reliable, relatable, and research-based topics on real-life issues. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Leslie. How are you? I'm feeling good today. How are you? I'm feeling good. We're here. We're making it. So <laughs> what are we talking about today? First off, we're talking about living well. It's a must. It's a must. <laughs> it's a must. <laughs> and it's a challenge. So the National Extension Association of Family and Consumer Sciences promotes the month of March as Living Well Month. Living well is what we always promote, right? As, mm-hmm. as fax agents, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Whether it's nutritionally, financially, physically, mentally, safely, or other ways that fall into those categories, family and consumer science educators' main goal is to teach our audiences to live well. That's what we hope we're doing with this podcast. That's what we hope we're doing with the classes that we teach in our communities. That's what we hope we're doing with with everything we do, even outside of work. That is our mission, is to to help our friends and family and, and whoever live well. NEA FCS chose a few specific topic areas for living well this year, and mm-hmm. we wanted to touch on one that we think is very important, which is social wellness. Yes. Now, what does that mean? Social, when you say social wellness, I think about like, oh, how you socialize or how you keep yourself up in a crowd, right? Yes. That's not a term you hear often, social wellness. But that is part of it, right? Social okay. wellness is having healthy relationships with friends family and the community and having an interest in and concern for the needs of others and humankind. So that is social wellness. I like the idea that you're stating that you have to be a community, right? So that Mm -hmm. means possibly giving back, right? Being in healthy situations, being a part of an organization, if that's like a church, if that's a junior league, if it's like a community service organization, Right? right? Master gardeners if, with extension. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get this. Yeah. I'm ready for yeah this so social wellness is not just about yourself and about, mm-hmm. um, you know, do I have enough friends? It's about the whole package yourself and, and, and your community and what you're giving back to people. According to the National Institutes of Health, from the time you're born, your relationships help you learn to navigate the world. You learn how to interact with others, express yourself, conduct everyday health habits and be a part of different communities from those around you. So not just your own community, but communities maybe you're not as familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. Positive social habits can help you build support systems and stay healthier mentally and physically. So both the National Extension Association of Family and Consumer Sciences and the National Institutes of Health provided some tips on ways to boost your social wellness. The first one is, and you kind of touched on this already, Leslie, but the first one is to make connections with someone who supports you daily. This can actually help protect your health and lengthen your life. Ways to uh, make connections are, um, like Leslie was saying, join an activity or hobby group, like a cycling club, a bridge club, master gardeners, mm-hmm. something like that. A walking club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. To volunteer, like Leslie said, to help with the community cleanup day when it's okay to do so, to travel to new places and meet new people. You want to be sure that you have daily contact with someone or multiple people that support you with encouragement and kind interactions or who contribute to your life and relationship in a positive way. 
I agree with this. I'm going to show a quick story. I like to go to eat and I usually go eat alone and I sit at the bar. And usually when I sit at the bar, because I don't like to take up a table for like a big party or anything. So when I sit there, usually it's not, it's always like another couple there. So it's always great to just exchange and healthy conversation. So that's, that's forming some form of a healthy not relationship, but conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So even if it's not someone that you're, you're not going to stay connected with still right. you formed a relationship a in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a so healthy blessing. setting. Yeah. 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 I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Ways to do that. Share feelings, <laughs> honestly. Right? Yes. Yes. Share. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie. Share feelings, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Leslie and I have a healthy relationship. <laughs> we do. We, we do. have a very healthy relationship and she's my person. She's, she's my work person and a little bit out of work too. Like yeah. she's my person. So, and ask what you need from others. Right? right. We've talked about this before when we talked about romantic relationships. Isn't that when uh-huh. we talked about this? Yeah. Like you don't know what, say Leslie and I are working on a project together. She's not going to know that I need her help with something. If like, she thinks I'm doing that and then I'm overwhelmed. Right. She'll never know that I'm overwhelmed if I don't tell her. And tell exactly. Her her exactly. So, and exactly. not just with projects and that sort of thing, but just in general, you should let people know what you need from them and, and be open to hear what they need from you too. Right. And mm-hmm. if any of you cannot give those, each other, those things at that moment or ever been, be open and honest about that too. Maybe Leslie is also overwhelmed and she can't do the thing that I need. And we need to figure out a way to figure that out or, or what? Yeah, whatever. So, okay. So the next one is to listen to others without judgment or blame and be caring and empathetic. This is interesting because I saw a meme. It says, before you vent to a friend, ask that person, is it okay for me to vent? Right? Yes. Uh, is it okay? You just can call. Carrie's my person, and I call her sometimes, and we have a chit chat, and I and I completely instantly unload, and vice versa, just because mm-hmm. we know we're each other's safe person, and we can do that. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it, and when I um, yesterday I unloaded on her, and after I got done, I could hear in Carrie's voice like, oh, "Friend, that's heavy. <laughs> like, like that's a lot." And I literally thought, Carrie, I should have asked, "How was your day?" I have something to tell you. Is it okay if I unload on you? Are you in the state, mental state that you can handle it? Leslie did share that with me yesterday. And I just think that is a very sound piece of advice that I'm going to try to adhere to because I am, I am super guilty of just calling people and saying, oh my gosh, (laughs) not even good afternoon. Right. right now <laughs> absolutely and absolutely I'm be better about that absolutely absolutely and that person may say okay give me 10 minutes let me get it together I'm gonna call you right back yes yeah because right? your friends want to hear what you have to yeah say. and I like and and you so I want to hear what my people want to say to me and I know that my people want to hear what I want to say to them but mm-hmm. but you are right there are some times where it's just like Leslie's right yesterday I was there was a lot happening and I was yeah. overloaded yeah. Leslie didn't overwhelm me yesterday but she did hear in my voice that it was mighty close <laughs> but she and she but she felt my because I was so overwhelmed but she felt the heaviness like yeah you she was like you're right like oh my gosh and then it turned into what are we gonna do right <laughs> It wasn't what are you gonna do? It was what are we gonna Which do? Which is good. That's good to have friendships and relationships like that where people yeah. are like, Yeah, I got you back. What are we doing? Let's do it. 
but just take into consideration that those exactly. people that are there for you like that, sometimes they don't know how to tell you that they can't be there. So you've got to right. give them the opportunity right. to tell right. you that. <laughs> right. Self-preservation. There's nothing wrong with it. It's social That's awareness. Right. That's right. Thank you, Leslie. I think sometimes we really have to be careful and take in consideration of asking our friends and our loved ones, I have a problem. I need to, I need you to listen. I respect you to listen. But before I do, I want to know, are you okay enough to take in my, my issue or just to listen to my issue? Yeah. Do you have time that for is, this? And that or the mental for, capacity. For this. Exactly. Yeah. And that is social wellness. I think mm. that's not only just for you, but for those around you, because sometimes you just get so balled down with all the stuff that you already have. And then when you listen to others, you have nothing else to give. And you want to listen to others. Right. That might be right. the thing that breaks. That might be right. the thing that breaks exactly. you. It's just hearing that exactly. one more thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't have, you have enough to give. So next time you call your friend to Ben, just say, hey, before I say this, how are you? Or is it okay for me to unload on you today? What's the next tip? That's a great tip. So it's important to know what a healthy relationship looks like and how to keep your connections supportive. So you like, you know, we might think we, we have relationships. All of us have had relationships in our life, you know, just friendships, romantic relationships, family mm -hmm. members, whatever. Sometimes they're not as healthy as others. And it's important to make sure that we're focused mainly on the ones that are healthy um, and keeping things healthy. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, true. All right. And another just is to disagree with others respectfully mm -hmm. and that conflict should not turn into personal attacks. There's just no reason why if you disagree with someone that you can't get along, that you can't talk mm -hmm. to each other respectfully, that you can't still be buddies, right. we have friends that we don't agree about a lot of things, but we're right. still close companions and enjoy right. each other's company and we don't get in fights about what we don't agree on. We just, right. we just have disagree. those boundaries and know, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool to talk to them in a respectable boundary because you will go in thinking it's a disagreement, but towards the end of that conversation, it may be like a misunderstanding or unawareness. So definitely keep that. But it, and like you said, it's okay to disagree. It's okay. But it, just to keep that balance of respect there. And if it's about, so it's about a difference of opinion. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. If it's about something that's going on between the two of you, then just find ways to compromise Yes, um, mm -hmm. and to come to agreements with one another and to get along and keep that healthy relationship because those, it is not worth burning Bridges. bridges with people that you no. love over did you want coffee or hot chocolate this afternoon you know right <laughs> just, yeah. yeah the next thing that they suggested is to keep yourself your family and the people um, that you have relationships with healthy and active so where you live work or go to school can have a big impact on how much mm -hmm. you move and even how much you weigh being active with others in your community can have a positive effect on your health habits and create opportunities to connect. You can help your community create ways to encourage more physical activity. And that's true. We were actually, um, our colleague, Becky Collins mm -hmm. and I had just started our um, spring walkaway series. We do a virtual walkaway mm -hmm. series and we just started it on Wednesday. And we actually were just having this conversation about how in um, our more rural communities that sometimes it's it's harder for people to feel safe walking out on the street just mm -hmm. as an activity walking mm -hmm. riding bikes whatever mm -hmm. out on the on the mm -hmm. sidewalks or whatever because either you know there's broken sidewalks and I don't mean just like broken not maintained but also broken like on the street that I live on there's a stretch of sidewalk and then nothing 
I mean, that it's not nothing. completely yeah. sidewalk. Yeah. And so yeah. you're on the sidewalk and then you have to be yeah. on the street and yeah. people drive too quickly on that street. Yep. Or yep. one of my favorite stories, actually, we've got, got lots of stories about walking in my town. Mm-hmm. Not where I work, where I live. Um, but one time I was walking to my job there when I used to okay. work there before I started working in Waycross. Uh-huh. And I can't tell you the number of people that stopped and rolled down their windows to ask if I needed a ride. <laughs> people I knew and people I didn't know. Like, are you okay? Can I give you a ride? And then another time, yeah, I just wanted to walk to work. <laughs> I'm really enjoying myself. Uh, and then another time I was at work and a friend called me and my dad, who also lives in town, was walking to the eye doctor's office. And so, but my friend saw my father walking down the road uh, and she, but she saw him walking on the sidewalk and she said, uh, I just saw your dad out walking. You might want to call him and just make sure he's okay. So I called him and he said, I was just I walked to the doctor's office. I didn't want to but imagine, But think how things have changed. So we're like, now it's, you're walking. It's like, oh my God, what's wrong? Right. And it's definitely here in the South, right? Yeah, because right. it's not an, a common thing to do, so, and especially in the rural areas. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So we live in these communities where people mm-hmm. are just not accustomed to seeing that sort of thing. So one yeah. of the participants in our walkaway class who lives in the same community I do said that in her neighborhood, she's not comfortable walking because she and her daughter walk. And there was a car one time that refused to go around them oh, oh, in, their, in their residential yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. And so what we talked yeah. about was finding a way to, if you can, to get other people, encourage other people to get out and get walking in your neighborhood too, right. or form those walking groups like you have mm-hmm. with Walk Away. And the mm-hmm. more people in our community we can get doing those sorts of things, the safer it is. Yeah. So you've built your community, you've built relationships and you've made it um, more physical activity, accessibility to people to more, and, it, it opens up more opportunity for more and people. When, in your, all right. And so next on the list is bond with your kids with children being sensitive responsive consistent and available to your kids can help you to build positive healthy relationships with them the strong emotional bonds that result help children learn how to manage their own feelings and behaviors and develop self-confidence children with strong connections to their caregivers are more likely to be able to cope with life's challenges and we touched on this before in a, in a previous episode yeah so um, suggestions for this are just to like give your children meaningful jobs um, and positive recognition after they do it. Mm-hmm. Use kind words and tones and gestures with them. I like the idea of kind words and tones because in schools, hopefully your teachers are doing the same thing and they may say, well, Wells, was that a good idea? First, when you get home, you'll be like, oh, Wells, don't do that, right? right. But he mm-hmm. gets that tone from his teacher. That's something we have to try to kind of keep going at home, practice good habits and life skills in front of them and with them. And um, I think that's definitely going to help them. Uh, right. And, in and, and while doing that too, it also suggests to make sure that you ask about your child's concerns and worries and goals and ideas. So, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want to just write them off as a kid who doesn't think about right, know anything. Yeah. Do, especially yeah. the older they get, the, the more they have concerns and right and that sort of and so you want to validate those things and mm-hmm. make them feel confident because that start like this said that starts early on I you know well lack of at- confidence starts from a very young age all right and then <laughs> another one is to take care of yourself while you're caring for others so this is important Mm-hmm. A lot of us are caregivers to either young mm-hmm. people like we said or we wind up being caregivers to um older people older people Mm -hmm. or even people maybe that are our age but are still Mm -hmm. um for some reason need need our assistance so yeah 
Yeah. Um, and I know that's a, that's a big topic in it, in and of itself. And there are support groups for that, right? Yes. Caregivers have support they groups. Do. So maybe it's you need a lot to on them. join one of those. Mm-hmm. So ask for help. Like Leslie said, um, try to make sure you can take a break, keep, keep a hobby. And this is important. That's important. Like as a caregiver, now I'm a caregiver to children, right? I'm, I'm but, a mother, but I have a really hard time finding the time to, to keep a hobby. Like I, there are things I like to do, but I'm not, I don't balance myself as well as I preach to people about mm-hmm. balancing. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really important to just try to find, I do at least on weekends, try to get out in my yard a yeah. little bit. And yeah. that is yeah. the hobby that I have chosen that I right. can kind of right. Right. get in there with. So Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's good, but I also like take a break. Even if you're not a care, I'm not a caregiver right. and I don't have children, but I need a break. Like mm. I think like on last Sunday, um, I did not leave my house. You know, my friend was like, do not move. Like you don't need to go anywhere. You shouldn't do anything. Like when we have heavy weeks like this and then heavy weekends as I've been working every weekend because I have a walk away. So mm. I don't get to decompress you know, for a whole 48 or 48 or 72 hours, I have to go back back to work on Monday. So I literally have to make myself, no, I'm not doing anything today. Pajama day it is. That's it. So take a break, like clock out. And, and I have found that I have to, I can't just tell myself to do it Mm -hmm. again. Here we are with Carrie and her list. Okay. We heard you. (laughs) We know you like a list, but for real, I had to, I had to write it down on my calendar the other day because I just had gotten to where I was just not stopping with work or with anything. There was just, and then then someone would want, can we do this meeting or can you do this? And I'd just say, okay, I didn't really want to, but okay. So I, I blocked out a week and I said, do not plan anything. So I was still working, Mm -hmm. but I was only doing like, I was catching up with some things, but I had to, and then, and then I allowed myself with that to say, okay, I'm going to stop at five o'clock and I'm not going to pick it up until the next morning. And that's real. I don't answer any emails after five. I know you're so good about that. I don't care. I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) And if when when and when we if and when we were working from home, I will pack my laptop away at five o'clock, mm-hmm. and I'll pack it up. And during the week, I'll pack it up, put it in my book bag, and put it in the corner. But on the weekends, I will pack it up and put it in the closet. Yeah, yeah. And if you're working from home, that that was new for me. I've never worked from home before. It, it's hard, and it's hard not to make breaks and balance. And, and socially and mentally, it can take you a stir, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my mom recommended it to me. And she said, this is something I used to do. And she said, your daddy never knew it. And I never knew it either. She said, I used to act like I was going to work. She said, I'll pack a beach bag the night before. And I would take y'all to school. And I would like, I was going to work and he would go to work and I would go straight to the beach. Oh my gosh. Your mama is amazing. (laughs) She said, I would go straight to the beach. She said, she would go on the lighthouse side. She said, I would go early. I would grab coffee. I would ride in slow. And I would stay there until it was time to pick you guys up from after school. And she said, I would change. I said, Ma, she's like, yeah, I would change back into my work clothes, but I would get my book. I would have my umbrella. You know, I would do lunch, but I would change back my work clothes. And like it never happened. Now, I am proud of her for making those times for herself. I am sad for (laughs) people in general that we have to do that, that we have to like, but but not let anyone know. But the thing (laughs) is, you don't let anyone know because her thing was I had to unplug. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, like her, so she like her, her secretary would know where she was. Of course. <laughs> like, right. But like, <laughs> as far as anyone else, she yeah. was like, God forbid, doesn't have to do that at work because 
I was gone. She was like, you know, <laughs> I needed that day. She said, because if I want to tell someone, oh, I'm taking today off. Oh, we can do this, this, and this, and this. That's right. Right? That's oh, we can right. do, oh, oh, maybe you should add, or you go to the doctor, you can do this. And she was like, no, I literally had to take a day. Mm-hmm. And she said, I used to do this sometimes twice a month, all depending how heavy work was. And then with you guys, and she said, with y'all, you know, in and out and things like that, you have to take a minute. And she's like, that's for the sake of my sanity. That is so oh. was. Right. So I took her advice and I used to go to the beach on Sundays. When I was so was. Home. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. You got to have your mama on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so those are, those are their tips, right? We know that we are all busier than before. And we especially see this in women, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just said that about your mom. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not hating on your dad, but I guarantee you, he never had to pretend to go take a break at the beach. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. it's not just him. I mean, it's right. just in right. general. <laughs> right. Right. This is from International Women's Day Online. It says, many women can lead high-pressure lives, particularly when it comes to managing a career and family which okay. we, like mm-hmm. here we are talking about Leslie's mama. All right. So <laughs> for so many women, mental and physical health are often neglected. The two major barriers for women not maintaining a healthy lifestyle are lack of time and the deprioritizing of their own well-being. Things that attribute to this are unbalanced power relationships between men and women, okay. uh, social circumstances that lessen education and paid employment opportunities, Mm -hmm. An exclusive focus on women's need to reproduce, potential or actual experience of physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, poverty, such as malnutrition in an unsafe cooking environment, and Mm. problems accessing information. Now, these are some of these things are things that can affect men and women, right? But but we we know I'm not making this up. We know that that women are affected more by these things and it's women's month come on and it's women's month come on y'all back off (laughs) all right so unfortunately these things begin affecting women at a young age so it's not Mm -hmm. like i'm 30 and all of a sudden this has happened and it starts with at a young age with women young Mm -hmm. women often face pressures that jeopardize their health um there was a ymca article by molly shelger called six ways to support young women's wellness And it cites the World Health Organization saying that half of all mental health disorders in adulthood start by age 14, Leslie, 14. It says, although most cases go undetected and untreated, and depression is one of the leading causes of illness and disability among adolescents. Promoting healthy behaviors during teenage years and protecting young women from health risk now can help prevent future health problems in adulthood. And we can do this by advocating for young women's health and encouraging their self-care. Um, and so, right, encouraging their social health, mm-hmm. talking about mental health with them, mm-hmm. promoting healthy eating habits, encouraging physical activity opportunities, firing their confidence by supporting mm-hmm. their talents and interests and encouraging them to try new things. And like Leslie started off with, encouraging them to volunteer and give back to others. So I was just... I was just going to say that. Now, we were 14 not too long ago, honestly. I mean, let's give ourselves some credit. Okay. So <laughs> we weren't. So here's the thing. But during that time, you're going through puberty. Mm-hmm. Your body's changing. You're, you're, you're starting a new chapter of life, middle school. Or no, you're starting high school That's then, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, you're trying to find your place. You're reinventing yourself. So it's like, it's, it's a lot going on. So you're right. Social wellness. You want that child to be involved in 
extracurricular activities, after school, 4-H, cheerleading, that's the time they're learning how to balance. But during that time, as a parent or a guardian or a role model, you need to kind of watch them and their social wellness. How was Marianne handling all this? How can she juggle all this? It's too much for her, right? right? Let me find, let's find her medium. And you want her to be able to maintain herself and her mental wellness and her social wellness to be an independent person. Yeah. So uh, for Marianne or for Tommy, like, let's fit is basketball and soccer and volleyball, is it all too much for him? Like, let's figure this out on top of the necessities and the needs that you have to have schoolwork. Yeah. So that that all matters. And how mentally are they taking that in? On top of eating healthy, being active, um, if they get a C, do they shut down completely or are they? And how do we handle them? Exactly. Exactly. And how do we handle ourselves with all of their, because exactly. again, their health is important, but so is ours. So exactly. I mean, it's all, everything is a balance and we just need to know how to, to be a part of it. International Women's Day Online says also, it's important to not only focus on self-help, but also on the health of loved ones and others close to you. I just said that. You did. <laughs> we can write articles. We know it. Yeah. Womanhood involves encouragement, support, and community. And health is one of those areas where women can lift each other up, right? It's true. Make health an easy topic of conversation with you, uh, with your friends and your family. Share health tips and concerns join exercise groups or buddy up to go to the gym for, or go for a jog, set goals together and celebrate when you achieve them. Watch out for any warning signs for bad physical or mental health. And most importantly, give out compliments. A happy smile is a big boost. Mm -hmm. Good health isn't just important today, but also for tomorrow. So start making positive changes now by listening to two agents and the facts. Exactly. Agreed. So and I like the idea of the women support group. I like that. Right. I and mean, then that it just wraps it all up, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the main thing. Social health. Make sure you have supportive people. Make sure you are supportive to people. Right. Make sure you're taking care of your friends. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're right. taking care of your family. Make sure they're taking care of you too. Period. Period. Done. So I wanted to close this out with, I found this quote from former governor of Texas, Ann Richards. Okay. Women's month, right? So let's yep. quote the women. There you um, go. She said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. If you don't, you're simply ducking your responsibilities. That is the truth. And we have said this before, but we are our biggest responsibility. We are. We're not taking care of ourselves. We can't take care of the people around us. Take a break. Do what you got to do for you. No one's going to take care of you the way you are. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's next? Um, are we going to go ahead and talk about women's mental health? Kind of let's go into that. Good mental health is essential, right? Um, more than one in five women in the United States experience mental health conditions. We, as women, we have put everything on our shoulders. We are, um, so busy, so overwhelmed and the anxiety bills. That's what I'm saying that I need to stop saying. I say, oh gosh, my anxiety is ticketing, right? Like I can feel it. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting overwhelmed. It happens. And people, women in particular, we just keep going with it. We think that's how we're built. We can go, we can function. It'll be fine. But it's not fine. We have to take care of ourselves. Many mental health conditions, such as depression or even um, bipolar disorder, affect more women than men and affect women in different ways than from men. Okay. Um, So 
we have to be serious about our mental health and mental health issues. Some of them cannot be cured, but they can be treated and they can be maintained so we can all live a better life. When do you think the signs of mental health in um, young adult women start to emerge? When do you think they get all that stress? When do you think they see it? When they're 19 or 20? Is that Very right? Good. Yes, yes. Um, mental health and um, many teens just happen- just thinking about myself. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. They happen in, in your teens and your 20. That is so why so often when you go to state schools, for example, um, you know, you have the infirmary. You go there, you can get- band-aids you can get Tylenol you can get whatever you need right that's in your tuition they'll take you to the hospital they'll take you to the doctor whatever but every mental every state school in Georgia and their infirmary they have a mental health area Mm -hmm. and you can go in you can talk to someone they can um, prescribe they can uh, refer you to someone they have different activities they have events because in the 20s most teens or young adults especially women that's when their mental health peaks that's when like if they have issues that's if they have if they have like that bipolar if they are genetically for bipolar uh genetically for heavy depression and anxiety that's when it's coming Mm. um in their 20s especially in colleges if they're away from home because they're in a different environment they have a a different caseload um they're learning to adjust things adjust to things and they're affected by things differently because they're kind of missing that support system Right. right so they have to kind of form their own and figure that out so mentally that's kind of when it peaks. I've seen a lot of infirmaries, their, the mental health areas and things, they check on, they have like check-in nights for, for women. You know, let's have a fun girls night or mental health check-in, right? Because that is around the time that it, that it peaks. Uh, researchers think I that- I could have used health- that in my, when I was in college. I could have used yeah something yeah. called that to attract me to it. I'd well, guess. and Carrie, I can say from my personal experiences, I remember starting schools with young ladies like people living in my hallway and things, they end up kind of, you could tell over time, they kind of check out, mm-hmm. right? Um, stress overtakes them. Um, the experience overtakes them. Mm-hmm. So it happens genetically. It happens or they didn't know that that was even going to happen to them or, you know what I mean? It just, it just takes over. So it is very, very important that we're aware of it. Researchers think that most mental health conditions begin early in life, usually by the 25 years old. Mental health conditions are common in young people, but the conditions are more serious and last longer than others. The recent survey showed that almost one out of three young women, 18 to 25, said they had mental health conditions. And this comes from the Mayo Clinic. So that is something that we kind of need to. Leslie, you talked about not having a support system Mm -hmm. or developing a new support Mm -hmm. system. And I I think that's something that we probably don't pay attention to a lot with, with young people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not coming from anything. This is coming from Carrie. So yeah. I may, yeah. I may be saying something wrong, but with young people in middle, we talk about middle school peers and bullies and that sort of thing. And, and, and high school, maybe it lessens a little bit. And then once, once kids go off to college or not even in college, they're just becoming adults or whatever. They're still in that age yeah. of sort of adolescence where they're there. I mean, I didn't have relationships with other females in college like I do now. And now right. I have best friends that I've had all of my life. Mm-hmm. Our relationships are significantly different now than, mm-hmm. than they were when we were in college because we were still learning how to be 
adults and people and mm-hmm. treat each other. And we didn't have those support systems like we were just talking about. Right. Those right. social connections where we're 100% respective of one another and, and supportive and, and all the things and know how to be there to recognize when another one needs help. Or, you know, at that age, you're still too selfish to notice those sorts of things. And you're going through your growing pains, yeah. right? You're going to make yeah. a lot of mistakes. You're going to figure it out. So you don't have that system, like you said, and no, that, you I just, you that has really just hit me just now. It does. It, matters. it has a lot to do with it matters. Health, obviously, it matters. And, and then, young women. and especially when you go, you have to, you have to kind of form that new trust and that new uh, support system with strangers. You know, I remember when I went to college, I met my roommate, one roommate at SAT prep, like two weeks before school started, and then um, my other roommate, those two friends of mine, we are still very close. We still talk at least three times, four times a month. When we all experience life together, major life changes, you know, graduations, deaths, pregnancies, engagement, failing engagements, like all these big things that we've experienced together. And uh, the cool thing about us, when all this stuff has been changing, we've always stayed constant. Right. Maybe not every day, but we've stayed that constant. You know what I mean? We've changed mentally. We all have a good breakdown. If, if life is good to you, you may have one good breakdown. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, you're, if you're doing it right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but they have stayed the same and they're stayed, they stayed that constant. So, and those are my first college roommates. Shout out to 210. Yeah. And the warning signs for this could be, but you know, the sadness and feelings and feeling of hopelessness and, um, the misuse of alcohol or even drugs, dramatic changes in eating and sleeping habits, you know, uh, appetites um, decreasing and changing, but that's college, yeah. right? You're going to enter. Exactly, right? <laughs> Three meals a day, you know what I mean? Snacks, you know, and then that happens. Um, Sorry, and that can work towards social wellness and the mental health of not only just a female, but a, a male too. Like mm-hmm. pay attention. If Wells came home from college and he's just eating just awful habits. He's playing video games all day. You're just like, okay, what's going on? You haven't been outside. Your window's not open. Get some sunlight in here. Those things matter. Social withdrawals, um, aches, headaches, seeing or hearing things that are not there. These are all signs when it comes to mental health that we all need to look out for men and women, but definitely for young ladies in their 20s. If you feel like, hey, my kid went to school as a great princess and now she came back as something I don't even know her, like ask some questions to just see how her patterns are going. Well, it could be that she has just grown into a different adult because she's had some freedom. And so I don't want to say that all of these are signs. No, it could be, don't you listen know, to us. And, then changed go, and that's fine too, but don't listen to us. They go raid your kid's room. Like, that's right. I mean, I know a lot of this is perfectly normal. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Like they're rude. That, that, that may be this. Yeah. I can remember my first time coming home after college and it was just like, I've had peace of independence. Like, what do you mean we had to go to bed? Like, it, it's, you know, these things, matter so just fyi okay okay our final topic is about just strong women in general mm-hmm. now leslie i know you know this so this is when i ask this question it's really for our listeners did you know that the discipline of family and consumer sciences or what we used to call home economics is largely responsible for getting women into higher education and into the workforce yes yeah, I knew that. Yeah, the original, the original major. I knew that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So the first women admitted to the University of Georgia were allowed to study home economics. This was in 1918. And then of the first female to graduate from UGA was Mary Creswell. And she mm-hmm. studied 
obviously. Oh my, oh my goodness. So the Dean of uh, UGA's College of Facts, uh, Linda Kirk Fox, who we all mm-hmm. love dearly, mm-hmm. is uh, I found her quoted in a 2019 article on an online magazine called Boom Athens. Uh, she said, it's always been about more than cooking and sewing. In fact, just the opposite. It became the avenue for women to pursue higher education. Mm-hmm. With that. So in the 1800s, home economics taught young women to manage their households. But by the early 20th century, it had become a true academic discipline. That article that I just referenced says that soon college prepared young women began to serve in education, research, and community outreach. Home economists taught in grammar in high schools, worked in agricultural extension service, whoop, whoop, mm-hmm. and did research in the food and utilities industries. But people still did not, and some people still do not, right? Yeah. Uh, think they or or they think of this as just like a women's work program, and and people still take. You see these articles all the time, like bring back home economics. What about home economics? Well, it's in the schools, people. <laughs> it's in your communities. It's in the schools. And when you said it's women's work, I thought we got Brad, and we got Brad, and, and plenty more, Brad. right? right. <laughs> There's plenty of men, Back right? <laughs> So they think of it as that instead of seeing it for the academic and hugely influential program that it really is. So in response to that, the field changed its name to Family and Consumer Sciences in the 1990s. So graduates of these programs, like Leslie just said, are male and female, and they have a huge variety of fields and roles. And I'm a proud Family and Consumer Science graduate. Me too! So in addition to the wonderful work that Leslie and I do, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, Facts Today is the comprehensive body of skills, research, and knowledge that help people make informed decisions about their well-being, relationships, and resources to achieve optimal quality of life. So the field represents many areas, including personal finance, nutrition, parenting and child care, interpersonal relationships, family systems, career exploration and preparation, family resource management, design and merchandising, interior design, the apparel industry, and environmentally responsible construction. Family and consumer science professionals are not content to observe life. They are dedicated to helping families better their situations. We are social wellness. I like that. That's a (laughs) t-shirt. Seriously. That's a t-shirt. You're right. We are social wellness. We are social wellness. Facts. (gasps) Facts. We are social wellness. I like that. (laughs) Good. All right, so individuals in the field of family and consumer sciences have been responsible for things. Pioneer research, developing consumer goods. Listen, labeling on textiles. I'm into like fashion textiles. Did you study any of that in college? Yes, we had a fashion and textiles class. Lived for it. I didn't study any um, textiles stuff. We had to. Oh my God. Well, my, our program, our head of our department, she was really big in textiles and she worked with the county for like the police officers and the firefighters. And when it came to like their uniforms and things like that, like making sure that it was up to code and things. Uh, she always did really a lot of things for um, Halloween. Uh, make sure that the, the, the kids' uh, costumes were flammable. There are the proper textures. They were safe. I thought that was so fascinating. Are you people hearing this? That is important work. I, seriously. I do, I do a um, a Halloween handout every Halloween in regards to uh, costumes because these costume places, they create these costumes and they're flammable. They may not be the safest. They could be choking hazard. So right. all these things that we need to be aware of, but we family consumer science people 
this is what we do. That is just one of the many things that we do, right? Exactly. But how cool is that fashion? <clears throat> that's, that's so cool. Thank you for that, Leslie. <laughs> so, so I'm sure y'all are out there saying, okay, ladies, you said this was about strong women. I don't know what's going on. You're just talking about family consumer sciences. You lamos. First of all, it's not lame. Y'all better calm down. <laughs> Second of all, family and consumer sciences is not just females. It's it's females and males. We we have said that too. Right. But facts did start with women, right? Yeah. And yeah. in particular, I wanted to highlight the woman that founded the American Association of Family and Consumer Sciences, which at the time was called American Home Economics Association. Okay. This was in 1909, and her name is Ellen Richards. So according to the American Association of Family and Consumer Sciences, Ms. Richards was the first female graduate and professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technologies and an activist for consumer education, nutrition, child protection, industrial safety, public health, career education, women's rights, purity of air, food and water, and the application of scientific management principles to the family. Her professional experience and foresight led to the formalization of the family and consumer sciences profession. So Britannica.com says that Richards was the first female admitted to MIT and she was a chemist. She pushed for the opening of a woman's laboratory at MIT and encouraged women to enter sciences by providing opportunities for scientific training to women. She served as assistant director of the lab under Professor John M. Ordway, and they provided courses in basic and industrial chemistry, biology, and mineralogy, and obtained industrial and consulting work. Through this and other roles with MIT, her role with AAFCS mm -hmm. and other organizations, Ellen Richards played a major role in making way for women in the academic world and the workforce. And so to me, there is no stronger woman because that is quite a feat. And I mean- mm -hmm. Thank you, Ellen Richards. There you go. Here Thank you, Family and Consumer Sciences. There you have it. And the cool thing is, AAFCS <laughs> is still around. And I. it is so cool to say that our past president, uh, AAFCS, was our very own colleague here in the Southeast District. But not only that, in my very own county, Yay! we share an office right down the hall, Miss Jackie Ogden. She's the past president of AAFCS, and she's currently now a counselor. Uh, in the organization and um, an executive official. So it is a pleasure to even say, hey, I know these people, right? Mm -hmm. These people are us. They, they're in the counties, they're doing the program, they're on the ground level, and they're still charging on on these great organizations that uh, Ellen Richards made sure of. So yes, it's cool. It's all, it's a full circle moment. It's for really sure. cool. Yeah. Shout out to them. Strong yeah. women, just saying. Strong women. <laughs> Okay, Carrie, so strong women, we're, we're in there. What do you yes, think? Yes, we, yeah, we're strong women. We said that in the last episode. I'm going to say it again, Good. Leslie. You are a strong woman. You're Carrie, a supportive you woman. woman. You are a fun woman. You are a smart woman. You are my rock. Carrie, oh. I can't take it. I know, it's too throw, much. I'm going to throw it back at you. <laughs> Carrie's my person. She's my sister, my, my, my work sister. She is my real sister. This is it, Carrie. I appreciate you. I admire you. You're a great mother. You're a great wife. You're a great agent. You're a good woman. All right, y'all. We're oh, being wow. too much, but for I real, know, get yourself a Leslie. Get yourself, get yourself a Carrie. We need the support groups. Friendships. We yes. need the support groups. And get them in all different areas of life, right? You have your yes. college friends. You have your work friends. You have your, your spiritual friends. 
it's okay. And you yes. don't have to have a whole bunch. You just need like one or two in each area. You're done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mine equals a lot to like 10. Done. <laughs> I'm booked. <laughs> I just made it. <laughs> well, this was oh, a lot of fun, Leslie. It was fun. It was fun. So I hope everyone enjoyed. First of all, I hope everyone enjoyed our session of us unloading on you. And I hope you can use this. And let's remember, you know, let's celebrate our strong women women this this month and keep it going and let's take these these tips into into consideration and please facebook us put some comments on the page let us know what you think all right you guys have a great one and this was two agents and the best bye thanks for listening to two agents and the facts We will drop new episodes every second and fourth Monday of the month. Find us on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Facebook. The University of Georgia is an equal opportunity, affirmative action, veteran disability institution.